Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. Good morning, church. How are you? Man, there it is a joy to be here uh, with our downtown Little Rock family. I'm from our Conway campus, like Bronson said, and Wherever you go, regardless of what city we're in, God has built an amazing church in New Life Church. I'm thankful for our pastors, Pastor Rick and Michelle. And uh, I just want to take a moment right now to honor Bronson and Callie and Dr. Fitz, uh, the way that they love this community. Bronson, the way that you study God's Word, you, you every single day are growing in the things of God. Thank you for modeling what that looks like, leading the men of our church. How are you thankful for the way that our pastors are leading the men, leading the people in our community? You can give God praise for that. Thank you so much, Callie. The way you put up with Bronson, I don't know where you are. You do it with such grace. (laughs) And Fitz, man, the way that you, I know he's in here somewhere, but the way that you serve everybody that you're around. It doesn't matter who it is, where you're at. If there's a need, you're filling it. Uh, and I'm just thankful for the way that your pastors love the people in our community. Uh, we've been believing for, me and my wife, we're the college pastors in Conway, and we've just been believing that the, the Lord would restore a spirit of joy to his church. Amen? Uh, and I, I, I'm here today worshiping with you, about to dig into the word, and I sense that the Lord is beginning something in our house, uh, in New Life and New Life Church downtown Little Rock, and I'm excited to be here, the way that y'all are going for the things of God, and I just want to encourage you a little bit of my story. Here's my family. Uh, this is, I have a wife named Emily and a little son named Denver. He's a year and a half. He's not any of those. Uh, I wish I'd have had him on one of those little squares. That would have been funny, uh, but this is my family. Uh, man, just, just an amazing season. Some, some days are way easier than others. We're at a point in our, in our uh, raising our son right now where we're teaching him how to pee-pee on the potty, which it's really weird to say that in front of all of you. Uh, so forgive me for that. Uh, but we're teaching him. And so the other day we were, we were uh, applauding him. He, he did it. Well, we just do it after bath. We're not quite to the point of trying to do it all day. You know what I'm saying? If y'all been there, I'm just not ready mentally. Uh, but we, he went on the, I can't even potty. Gosh, I'm 34. I cannot say that in church. <laughs> uh, we, we're teaching him, and so he did it right after bath time, and he walks in the kitchen. My wife is in there, and he is so excited. He has a big smile on his face, and my wife claps for him, and he pees in the kitchen. <laughs> and so I, now after bath, if we start to clap for anything, we're afraid that it's a trigger, and he's just going to start peeing wherever he goes. So, uh, we haven't quite figured out what to do or when to do it or whatever's going on. But man, it's just a fun season uh, of life and somewhat challenging. But man, we're, we, uh, in our marriage over the last uh, six years, we've almost been married six years. Some of you will be able to relate with this. We've, we've come to points in our marriage where we have uh, arguments. And y'all know the ones I'm talking about. Like the ones where you show up to church and you're like, ooh, I hope nobody asks how I'm doing. Because <laughs> I don't need to tell them how I'm really doing. Uh, but it starts with something that, that frustrates me or something that's a little bit difficult. And then it turns into something where I, I, I notice how she can improve. I notice something in her that I'm like, Lord, I hope you show her today this area in her life that is off. Uh, and it's easy for me to point fingers at, at what I see in my wife. And uh, I believe that the Lord today is wanting to invite us into 
uh, him working in us. We're going to look at John chapter 15. If you're in, in the Bible with us today, you're going to read with us John 15 verse 1. And it's talking about how God prunes those who produce fruit. And the question I want to pose before we read this scripture so that you can be thinking along this vein as we read it is, Lord, what must go so that I can grow? What's got to go in my life, Lord, so that I can continue to grow the way that you want me to grow? Producing godly fruit, producing the things in my life that you want that will affect every single relationship that I have. What do you want to do in me? So as, that, as we take that perspective and look at it from that angle, let's begin to read John 15, verse 1. If y'all want to stand for the reading of the word, y'all join me in that. John 15, verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. There's so much peace in that. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. This is the word of the Lord. I want to pray for us this morning, but I'm going to pray specifically that the Lord would do a work in us, and each one of us would hear from the Lord and the Holy Spirit today on, Lord, what do you want to do in me? What needs to go so that I can grow? Lord, I thank you for a group of people hungry to receive from you today. Lord, I pray that you would bless us, that you would encourage us, but also, God, you would challenge us. You would show us the areas of our life that are not like you, Lord, in such a gentle, uh, peace, comfort-giving way. And God, that we would follow you in obedience and faithfulness so that we can become the man and woman that you have called and created us to be. And everybody in the house said, amen. 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 You can have your seat. Hey, uh, I don't know how many of you... Um, Man, it's good to be in church today. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, are you, are you healthy? Are you ready to grow today? Turn to your neighbor and say that. Because I'm ready. Tell them, tell them I'm ready. Some of y'all are more ready than others. I see you. Some of y'all ain't had your second cup of coffee yet. Hey, uh, I don't know how many of you have, have a favorite fruit. Uh, I do, and I'm not ashamed to tell you what it is right here at the beginning. It is Strawberries. Uh, I don't know if you are a lover of strawberry. I'm starting to implement that into my son's diet so that hopefully he'll catch on as well. Uh, but I just love them. And if you know anything about it, uh, the season is March through June. Uh, I will throw this in for free. I hate peaches. Uh, and it's not because they taste bad. I actually don't mind the taste. It's the sound that you make when you eat them. <laughs> I can't stand you when you eat a peach next to me. <laughs> uh, and if you've never heard someone else eat a peach... Uh, we've got peaches for everybody in the foyer. I'm actually kidding. But uh, if I don't get strawberries March through June, there's just something different. If I buy them at Kroger, they're not going to last long. They're going to go bad in two days in my fridge. Y'all know that life. Uh, they're not going to taste great. They're white on the inside. I'm like, what kind of strawberry is this? Who made this? Uh, I'm just not going to appreciate. I'm not going to love the taste of these strawberries. But oftentimes, but if I get them in March through June, they're perfect. I know exactly what I'm getting. I know exactly the taste. I know the texture. I'm just, I'm a fan. Strawberry cake, strawberry gummies, strawberry gum. 
So I'll eat it any kind of way, regardless of what time of year it is. But I'm eating a strawberry March through June. But a lot of times in my relationship with God, what I'll often ask God is, God, I need peace right now. I need, I need perspective. I need joy right now. I need, I need patience right now in my life. And oftentimes, uh, there's, there are times in our life where we need it, where we want it right now, and we expect it. But I believe the Lord is wanting us to enjoy the fruit that He has in our life all year long. There is no in-season fruit with God. We are supposed to bear fruit every single season that we walk through so that the Lord will be preparing us for what's ahead. And I believe that the Lord is going to show us today what that fruit is for us. And this John 15, 8 says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true what? Disciples. You are my true disciples. So before we jump in today, I just want to identify some of the fruit that I believe the Lord is looking for through His Scripture. It says in Galatians 5, some of you have read this verse before, uh, talking about the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits that God are looking for is love. How are we loving people? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I believe some other fruits are generosity. I saw it on Pastor Bronson's board. Some of the biblical disciplines that we have as churchgoers, as followers of Christ, is are we living a generous life? Uh, Are we loving? Are we serving the people that we see around us? Are we serving out of the overflow of who we are in our relationship with Christ? Are we quick to forgive? Are we quick to hold on to and be bitter and offended at the things that happen to us? Or are we quick to forgive? Are we humble at heart? Are we confident in who God has created us to be, but humble in the way that we approach people and the things that we navigate in our everyday life? And then. Lastly, the last one I want to hit on is godly character. God wants to see the fruit of godly character in our life. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, it says, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. God wants his people to be producing fruit every single season we walk into. Why is it important that we bear fruit? I believe that it's important so that others will be attracted to the church, to be to attracted to his followers. I believe that we as believers have the mandate on our lives to bear fruit as his disciples so that people will see and say, there's something different about their life. And they want more of Jesus. I believe it also is used to build up the church. Some of you have gifts and talents in your life, gifts that God has given you, fruit that he's born in your life, things that you've walked through where God has taught you several different things that the Lord says, hey, I want you to use that to build my church. There's also this thing that God produces fruit in us, I believe, so that we can enjoy the fruit. We can enjoy the fruit that God wants to produce in us. How many of you have ever helped somebody out out of the kindness of your heart and left that, that moment and been like, man, I feel good about myself. There's something for us in the fruit-producing stages in our life that God says, hey, I just want to do this so you can experience more of what I have for you. Producing fruit is so key in our relationship with God for what it does for others, what it does for God's church, and then ultimately what it does in us. God wants us to be, be producing fruit. John 10.10 10 says, My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. Why does God want us producing fruit? Because it's good for us to produce fruit. I want to focus right here today. John 15, 
in verse 2. And I'm going to be honest with you as we read this portion of Scripture because honestly, in my life, I'm most challenged by this portion of the verse. It says, And He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Now, I don't know about you, and maybe this is just me. Uh, Some of y'all are probably a little bit more holy than I am. But I am sometimes okay with just producing fruit. Like, I thought the goal in my relationship with God was to be faithful, to walk in obedience, to have joy, to have love, and walk out the fruit that God's producing in my life, and that was enough. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, you've been like, man, I'm giving faithfully. I'm meeting the needs of those around me. I'm studying God's word every day. Isn't that, that's, when I read this verse, that's what I think about. I'm like, God, is that not enough? Some of y'all are raising your kids well, teaching them the word. Some of y'all are consistent and showing up to work on time, honoring your bosses. Lord, is that not enough for us? The Lord says, those who do bear fruit, I'm going to prune. So they're going to produce even more. And I'm, I'm just not okay with that sometimes. <laughs> if I can be honest in front of you today, sometimes I just don't want to be pruned because that's tough. That is difficult. That is hard. And that means that even if we're doing well, even if we're producing the fruit that God asks us to produce, God still wants to do more in us. And I'm asking you today to open up to whatever God wants for us. I'm going to ask that you open your heart, open your mind. Lord, what is it that you want for me? I'm going to give you full reign in my life. Even if I feel like I'm acing it, Lord, do a work in me. Please have your way in my life. God wants to cleanse us to produce more fruit. As we talk about pruning in this, in this scripture, pruning, if you boil it down to and find that simple word, is to cleanse our life of things that don't look like Christ. We, uh, when I was growing up, I, I went to CBC, a small Christian college, In I say growing up, that was, that was not too many years ago. <laughs> Uh, I moved to college, uh, moved to Conway, got involved with the baseball team there, played for two years. But I knew that as a, as a senior in high school, the life that I had lived for five years was, one, calling myself a Christian, but then also not really living that lifestyle around the people that didn't live that lifestyle. Y'all, y'all been there or, or been in that point of your life before? That's exactly where I was. And I knew that as a freshman in college, I had the opportunity to flip the script and say, Lord, I've been claiming to be a believer, a follower of you. I know that you want me to live differently than I have been. And this is the time I can do it. And the Lord began doing a work in me and producing this fruit. And what he challenged me with is, I want you I want to prune you with your mouth. The way you talk, you're not going to cuss around your teammates. You're not going to poke fun at people on the team. You're not going to jump into conversation when they're dogging somebody else. You're going to uplift and you're going to build people with the words that you have. And just with that little step, the fruit that we saw on the team, three or four people came to church. God began working in our baseball team in a culture where that was not the thing to do. The Lord used that simple step of, hey, will you just let me prune the way that you talk to people? 
the way you're, the way you're acting around people, not even the way you, you show up for people, just, will you let me prune this small area of your life? And God began to move in miraculous ways through my obedience. Where do you, where, what must go so that I can grow is where I want us to focus today. What must go so that I can grow? Point number one, God prunes me to keep me connected to Christ. God prunes me to keep me connected to Christ. I don't know how many of you have ever done gardening or like, is that even the word to say? Like, is that, yeah, that's probably right. Uh, that's how much I don't do it. Uh, but, but for those of you who have no idea, like myself, I had to Google. When you prune something, it creates a dependency on the source. When I prune the end of a branch, when I cut the end that has already grown, it has to draw from within whatever it's connected to to reproduce fruit. So when God wants to prune us, it keeps us connected to the source of life, the source of fruit, the source of joy. The Bible says, if you remain in me, you will produce fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. We must remain in Christ if we want to continue producing fruit. When we're pruned, we need protection. Because oftentimes we're left vulnerable. We're left hurting. We're, we're left needing help from somebody. We need provision. Oftentimes when we're pruned, it means we're without. We have found a place in our life where we are desperate for something to happen. God must be that source. Whatever we remain in when God is pruning us will determine our fruit. Some of us have been pruned and remained in something very unhealthy and produced unhealthy fruit. What does God want to do in us but we first have to remain in Christ. John 15, 5 says, Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. I just want to highlight this. Uh, oftentimes in my life, I'm a, I'm a go-getter. I'm a, I'm a get-it-done, unless it's the task list at home that my wife makes. Um, what I really want to do is just do better, fix it, and be done. Anybody can relate with that? I want to know where God wants me to be, I want to achieve that goal, and I want to call it done. I want to mark it off. I want it, I want it to be complete, and that's me. But I believe that the Lord is, is inviting us into resting with Him. It says, I am the vine, Jesus Christ, and my Father is the gardener. As we remain connected to Christ, God will be faithful to mold and create everything that He wants us to be. And what's challenging to me is I don't get to determine when that happens. The fruit is on God. My job is to remain faithful to be connected, regardless of the time I feel like it should be done in. God wants you. He chose you and he made you. The second point is God prunes me for, for healthy growth. God prunes me for healthy growth. John 15, 2 says, He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. As we've been praying for this year, as I prayed for this weekend, what I'm believing is that God would do, that this year in the Lord would be an even more year for us as the church. That this would be a year where those of you who are leading your homes, 
parents in the room, as you've been leading them well towards the things of God, that as we remain in God, He would do even more in our families. For those of you who lead in your workplace or you're your boss or you own the companies or maybe you work for you and you've been faithful, you've showed up, that God would begin to do and continue to do even more as we remain in Him. I believe that God is, is embarking on His church on a trusting and a resting in Him that He would do even more than we can ask, think, or imagine this year as we just remain and trust that the Lord is going to continue to do what only He can do. Amen? Amen. Last spring, we, uh, it, it was the year we're just selling our house now, so we were trying to do some, uh, give our house a facelift. And so, like I said, I, do, I don't do any gardening, but basically we invited some friends over, and there was one friend, uh, if any of you know the washes packs in here, Dr. Q and Lizette, she has a green thumb, uh, and I think he just works hard. Like, I think that's, that's how that works. Uh, but she came over and said, hey, I'm going to tell you what. There's this talk, I, I said, there's this skinny bush tree in front of our house. I think it needs to go. She said, no, that's actually a good tree. I was like, okay, I could be convinced. Let me hear. So it's actually a crepe myrtle, uh, but it did not look like one. So before we bought it, it, it had grown tall, about nine foot, 10 foot, uh, and it had grown wide, about two foot. And so this was like, you know those skinny pencil trees at Christmas time that you buy for that little corner that can't really fit anything else? It was kind of like that, but like uh, Charlie Brownish. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it was more, it was kind of a mix of both worlds. And she said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to trim the top and I'm going to prune the bottom. And what, what's going to happen is it's going to fill out in the middle. I said, you, no way. That, that can't be. And sure enough, it didn't fill out all the way. That's a lot of work. <laughs> but it began to grow in the areas that she did not prune. Because what happens when we're pruned in one area of our life, it begins to, to put forth more effort into these other areas of this tree. And what I felt like the Lord said to me is, if you will remain in me, I will continue to bear fruit in the areas that, that I need to be bearing fruit. The Lord is still molding. He is still creating. He is an author and perfecter of our faith. He cre he's a creating God. He's created you and I, but He is also recreating things in us. He is rebirthing things inside of us. He is, he is giving us identity and constantly doing new work in our life because that's who God is. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Some of us feel like we're there. For those of you who do not feel like you are there, where God planned for you years ago, God is still working in you. There is still hope in your future in the things that God is calling you into. Amen? And then lastly, point number three, God prunes me to glorify God. And I want us to step back for a second. And I want us to identify and take a look at magnify Jesus Christ. God said, hey, man has fallen from me. He is separated from me. We need a solution to this sin problem in our life. He said, I've got the perfect solution, Jesus Christ. Jesus, perfect man, perfect God, came to earth to die for you and for me, taking the place of our mistakes, taking the things that we ultimately decided and wanted to do and saying, I'm going to die for you because I love you, even if we never choose to love him back. 
Ultimately, we as his followers, this should be our ultimate goal is to glorify God. If only producing fruit in our life said it glorifies my God in heaven, that should be enough for us. But sometimes it's not. John 15, 8 says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. David said it a different way, Psalm 40, verse 8. And this is where I want all of us to land this morning. I delight to do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. It's in our hearts. It's in us to desire to glorify God himself. We will continue longing for the things that bring us fulfillment and joy and everything else you want to plug into that blank space until we continue just to live out to glorify our God in heaven. Now, when I was younger, we, uh, my parents, uh, many of you parents are a lot like this, and now I can say I'm thankful for you for being this way. But when I was younger, they dictated who I hung out with. How many of y'all's parents were like this? They said, you can't hang out with her. You can't hang out with him. They bad, they're bad company. Like, y'all's parents, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. And in the moment, I'm like, I want to hang out with that friend too. Why are you doing this? But they knew the value and the significance of who I was hanging out with could potentially dictate what my future looked like. They knew that who I hung out with could potentially dictate good fruit in my life and bad fruit in my life. And I remember being upset with my parents. But ultimately, this thing come down to I'm, I'm now thankful for the way that they protected my life. And sometimes in our life with God, God is pruning us and doing things in our life that we can't fully understand, but it is for our good. He is wanting to produce fruit. What must go so that I can grow? I want to end with this story. A couple years ago, <laughs> I was talking with Bronson before service, and uh, this is just one of those iconic stories. We, don't, we travel some, but now that we have a kid, we don't travel anywhere except for Walmart and the diaper section. Uh, <laughs> So I feel like we got it out, but one year we traveled to Colorado, and it was actually our least favorite trip, uh, but just because of altitude sickness and all that. But we showed up to Colorado, we stayed for two, three days, and we ended up going into this town called Breckenridge. Uh, we didn't ski, we didn't do any of that, we actually, our head hurt too bad to even walk around. Uh, but we showed up to this thing called the International Snow Sculpting Competition. And we walked upon this huge row of blocks like this. And very unimpressive. If you walked up to it, you'd be like, is there someone in there? Like, hello? <laughs> are these houses? Like, what are, what are these? But uh, we walked into it mid-sculpting going on. Like, there were artists all around. There were ladders surrounding this thing. And what started as something so insignificant, so small, so you would probably walk by this and not think anything about it. A few days after this, you began to see structures come to, come to formation. You began to see their envisionment, what they thought could be, actually become reality. And I believe this is what the Lord is wanting to do in us. What once started as ordinary, simple, human form pieces of artwork, you and I, God is now saying, hey, I, I want to do something unique. I want to do something special. I want to use your gifts and the things that you have, if you'll just trust me with those. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue knocking off the pieces that aren't necessary for you, and I'm going to continue to do a work 
day after day, week after week. And when, when we saw this at the end of the week, we came in at the tail end. Some of these things were beautiful. There were people flying from all over the world. There was Denmark, Mexico. I didn't even know Mexico would probably be in this. They were from everywhere coming to be a part of this competition and coming to spectate what was happening. And I believe as we remain in the things of God, as we just seek Him, for some of us that looks like reading the Word, praying with our kids before bed, honoring our boss, implementing Scripture in the ways that God is challenging us in the mornings when we read His Word, showing up for prayer on whatever morning it is, taking part in fasting during prayer and fasting weeks, showing up and serving God with your gifts. Us just remaining faithful will lead to spectacular, awe-inspiring, breathtaking pieces of work that ultimately God can only do. And I believe as we remain, God is going to continue producing a fruit in us that we, one, we could not know otherwise, but two, that will impact every single relationship that we're involved in. Our marriage, those friendships, some of us in our broken family dynamics. Everywhere that we turn as we continue to remain and let God produce that fruit in us, we're going to see the fruit of that work in every single place that we turn. And I'm believing God will do even more than what I can ask, think, or imagine. What must go today so that I can grow? I want to pray for us this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you. Lord, sometimes I can be challenged to the point of not really wanting to be faithful, not really wanting to to give in to your control, to you being the Lord of my life. But Lord, ultimately, as hard as I fight against, the easiest place to be is knowing that you're in control. And Lord, I, I sense that there are people here this morning that need from you, that are desperate for the fruit that you have for them in their life. Lord, I know there are things right now that people are thinking of that you've given them uh, during this message that you have wanted them to release to you. But Lord, if there are areas in our life that we're not even aware of, Lord, would you identify and highlight those things in us that, Lord, we can now surrender that to you. Lord, whatever that may be, Lord, continue to work in us. Lord, it's challenging and, and also uplifting that, Lord, those who produce more fruit, you, you want to spend more time with us. If you're in here today and you want to you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We've talked a lot about remaining in him and him producing fruit, but if you're like, man, I just need to get my relationship with God back on track. I've been far from him. I need Jesus to be front and center. I've tried it on my own. I've done I've done produce my own fruit and it's not working for me. Lord, what do you have? I surrender my life to you. I admit that you died for my sin. I was in need of a Savior. I, cho I choose you today. If that's you, would you just look up at me so that I can pray for you this morning? Yes, sir. Anybody else in the room want to make the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Surrendering control, surrendering the process, surrendering 
the pressure to perform and, and do more and say, God, I'm giving it to you. One more second. Anybody in the room? The best decision you can make. Lord, I, I thank you for those who made that decision, even in their heart. Lord, they're recommitting to you right now. And God, I, I just pray that us as believers, us as your church, Lord, that we would, we would model what it looks like to follow you well. Lord, I just pray right now for those who made that decision. Lord, your word says that we just believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that you are Lord and we will be saved. And Lord, I pray for a church right now in downtown Little Rock that is hungry to be pruned by you, is hungry to continue to grow in the things of God, realizing that there's importance to growing fruit, but also realizing our need to be close to you, the fruit that we have in just building that relationship. Lord, I pray a strength and a unity, a clarification as your church. Lord, build us. We seek you today. Lord, we know what brings you the most glory and us the most significance is being with you. And so today we take a moment to do that right now. Jesus, you are good. God, it's a joy to be a part of what you're doing. To be a part of your church. To be loved and chosen by you. Lord, I pray a spirit of encouragement over this whole church. That when they leave the doors today, they would be filled with the joy of with a with spirit of joy as they walk wherever they walk, that your life would shine through them and that they would just desire more time with you. Let us make time for that, God. You were good. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, I just, Pastor Bronson is going to lead us here in just a moment, but if you made a decision today, we're going to have people praying in the back. Uh, and we would love to take a moment just to help with next steps, what that may look like for you, hear of your, hear of your testimony today, why you made that decision, celebrate with you as well. Uh, but thank you for having me this morning. Uh, hey, you can stand to your feet. That's good. Um, you know, something that strikes me, and I want you to process through this, we're, we're going to go into, our, if you're new to our community, we're going to go into a time of responding uh, physically to the things that God's speaking to our hearts. And so there's a few ways you can do that. I'm going to walk you through it. But what I want you to think about is, is this. Christ says you can do nothing apart from me. We can do things, right? Like when you read that, it's like, I can do some things apart from you. But you can do nothing of value apart from Christ. And, and our goal is to produce fruit that lasts. And there are things that we have in our lives that keep us from producing, producing lasting fruit. I want to read this to you. Robert Mulholland said this. I thought of this while you were, while you were teaching. He, he said, we must always realize that God, not we ourselves, is the source of transformation. Y'all, if you're needing transformation in your life, you don't have to do it on yourself. 
you have to work, you have to trust in the complete work of Christ. But look at this, our part, Christ's part is to do the work of transformation. Our part is to offer ourselves to God in ways that enable him to do the transforming work of Christ. He will not force it upon you, but he will offer it to you. And so I wanna reiterate the question that he asked, what do you have to let go so that you can grow? Y'all, this is the place to let things go. You know, there's a revival that happened, a lot of us have heard about it, it happened up in Kentucky. And you know what? It was not a spectacular work. It was not a spectacular sermon that sparked it. It was radical trust and repentant faith. God move in Little Rock, amen? Our prayers, let it be in Little Rock as it is in heaven. So let's pray that together. We're gonna go and do a time of response. I'm gonna lead you through it. So God, right now we bring ourselves to you just as we are. And God, we ask that you would shape us and you would grow us. And God, we're gonna do our part. God, we just open our hearts to you right now. God, the things we need to let go, bring them to the surface of our minds. We trust you with them, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review. Things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, If you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.